Hi, listeners, and welcome to a special edition of the Be Kind and Listen podcast. This is your host, Jess. Thanks for joining me as we show kindness to others by listening to their stories of heartache and grief. So today is a special episode of the Be Kind and Listen podcast because we are airing it on a Tuesday instead of a Thursday. We'll still have an episode airing this Thursday, but we're releasing Jennifer's story today because today marks her son Jared's birthday. And so we wanted to release their story on his birthday in honor and memory of him. I became friends with Jennifer because my mom was first friends with her. They used to work together, and then they also spent lots of time traveling together with their group of girlfriends. Jennifer has become more like a family member to me and like a grandparent to my kids. We love Grand Jen and Grand Bill. And I'd like to apologize for the audio of this podcast. We did this recording in the car, so there's a little bit of background noise that you can hear. But I know that you'll still be able to hear Jennifer's heart through her story. Thank you, Jennifer, for sharing your story with us. I first want to thank Jessica for giving me this opportunity to uh, share with you and share with her uh, on the podcast that she has done in memory of her mom, uh, the Be Kind podcast. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my grief story as I struggled uh, getting through the loss of my son, Jared, at the age of 18. And excuse me if I shed tears, because it will happen. Um... I'm going to start by telling you um, that everybody's grief process is different. So don't expect too much out of yourself in the beginning or even through the process. And I hope something I'll say today will be of encouragement and of hope to you as you go down the road that I hope never by anybody has to ever go down. Um, I'll start with how it, how it started on October the 4th. Uh, that's the day we lost Jared and he went to heaven. Um, it was the day after my husband's birthday, which was October 3rd. So you can imagine that that in itself makes it a hard time for us, especially during the year. And let me tell you this, it has been 18 years since we lost Jared. So grief is a long journey. Don't, don't think it any differently. Um, but it does get easier, and I want you to know that. And I know people says that to you, but it does. It does get easier. Um, on October the 4th, I met Jared um, in the parking lot. Of course, he was going shopping, and he needed money. So I met him uh, as I come in from work, because I van pulled from Oak Ridge, and um, met him, and he said, Mom, I'm going to Knoxville with a friend. We're going shopping. And I said, okay. He said, well, I need some money, of course. And I said, yeah, I'm sure you do. So I hand out some money to him. And he says, I'm going to go shopping for some clothes. And I said, okay, and we'll probably eat. Okay, that's great. So he goes off. He picks up his friend Courtney. And they head to Knoxville. Well, they just get off the interstate. And um, he has another friend call him. And his name's Adam. And he says... Adam has just broke up with his girlfriend, and he's very sad. Adam is very sad. So you've got to know Jared. He he had a huge heart and loved everybody. He wanted to help everybody. 
So as he was getting onto the interstate and Adam calls him and Adam is sad, of course, Jared says, Adam, go to Knoxville with me and Courtney. We're going to eat, going shopping. So he flips the car back around, goes back and picks up Adam. Adam goes with him to Knoxville. They come back from Knoxville and somewhere along the way, you know, you always tell your child, don't let anybody drive your car. Well, Jared had a fairly new car. We had just recently got him and, uh, Adam wanted to drive it. So Jared thought, well, if it makes Adam happy, and I know this is how Jared thought, if it makes Adam happy, I'm going to let Jared drive my car. And he did. So later that night, I get a phone call. Um, Jared had planned on spending the night with one of his friends and I didn't expect him to be home. So about 1130, I'm in bed asleep. It's that dreaded phone call you don't ever want to get. And a uh, voice on the other end is one of Jared's friend's mom. And she says, Jennifer, you need to come to the hospital. There's been an accident. And I didn't even ask any questions at that time. Who's in it? Is Jared okay? Blah, blah, blah. This just came over me. And I just immediately started praying. I just prayed. Please, don't let it be Jared. Don't let it be him. So, we get to the hospital, and I'm sorry for this, but it's just part of it. And you're going to see that through this as I'm talking to you. But I get to the hospital, and there's people everywhere. I have never seen so many people. Cars, people in the hallway as I'm going to the emergency room, people everywhere. And my pastor, who's my Uncle Jay, met me. And he told me, he said, Jennifer, Jerry didn't make it. So my immediate response was, um, I want to go to church. Now, I know that seems odd for a lot of people, but I was born and raised in church. I worked in my church. I led the youth group in my church. I played the piano in my church. Um, I was always going to church. And I thought, you know, God raised the dead. And I'm going to go ask him. So, I went to church. Everybody went to church with me. Our church house was full. I went straight to the altar and I prayed. I prayed, God, you can raise the dead. Why can't you raise Jared? And God, why Jared? Why not me? I remember saying that so clearly. Why not me, God? I have lived my life. Why did you not take me? So you're going to ask these questions. I can honestly tell you, though, I never did blame God. Never, ever. I knew there is a plan. Jared was given to me to borrow for a period of time. And I knew, I knew there was a plan. God's plan, what that is, I still don't know to this day, but someday I think I'll know that plan. I think God will reveal it to me. So, anyway, as I go through the the journey of the grief, and as I say, it's been 18 years, and as you can see, I'm very emotional at this point. When Jessica asked me, I wasn't even sure I could do it, but I thought, yes, um, you'll find, too, that the more you talk about it, the more you can grow in learning um, what you need to be doing, how you can help others. Um, 
just as you go through your journey and helping others, it gives you strength. Um, a few things I was going to mention to you that um, don't everything, ever think that anything you do is crazy or out of the ordinary because whatever you have to do to get through the day and get through this grief journey, then you do it. Um, my morning started with um, I would get out of bed barely. I hated going to bed. Uh, I never did want to close my eyes because I knew I'd wake up to the same thing every morning. And that went on for me for a couple of years. I mean, I just didn't want to shut my eyes. Uh, I finally was able to and would rest. And But I would get in the shower in the mornings, and I still continued to work at Oak Ridge and Vanpool. And it was really hard. It was an hour-and-a-half journey for me every day. But I'd get in the shower, and I'd talk first to the Lord. And then I'd talk to Jared, and I'd say, Jared, what will you have me do today? What would you want me to do? And uh, seems like that helped me. That just helped me having that talk with him. And, and I could just hear him saying, well, suck it up, Mom, and get out here and go to work. Because that's what you need to be doing. So, so that's what I would manage to do. I would go to bed every night with... Um, I kept one of his shirts. I got one of his shirts immediately. Put it in a plastic bag and just knowing that I could still smell him on it smell that cologne that I paid a fortune for at Abercrombie and Finch but so I could smell that cologne so I would sleep with that next to my head every night so I mean some people might think that was crazy but to me it was peace and uh, I went a long time you know in the very beginning there I couldn't eat I had such good friends and family around me and that's so important and praying friends you know that during that time I didn't feel like I could pray um, but I knew that I was being carried by those friends and family that could pray for me. And when you think of uh, footprints in the sand, God was carrying me. He was carrying me through this journey. And there would be um, times that um, my friends would just force food down my mouth. I mean, they literally opened my mouth. Uh, we had a couple moved in with us, and they fed me. They would make sure I ate because I didn't want to eat, of course. So you'll go through that. And, um, but I'm so thankful for the days that, um, as the days went on, that I could look back and think, God, how did I ever get through that? And I, I do that daily now. I still think, how did I get through that? It's by the grace of God. God is the answer, and I know in the beginning of the grief process, a lot of people don't want to hear that. But he is the answer, and he was my answer. And he was the one that carried me through it all. Through, I learned a lot uh, through the years. Um, shortly after Jared's death, a couple of two or three years, even up, in, even to, up to two or three years, people would start coming to me, and they would bring me things that Jared had given them. And I got to learn what a really kind-hearted person my son was. I mean, you kind of know, but you don't really know. And they would bring me, I, things started coming back to me like, oh, Jared, I bragged on his shirt and he gave it to me. He literally would give his shirt off his back. So that's the kind of person he was. Tennis rackets showed up. Um, ball bats showed up. Gloves showed up. 
um, I wondered why I kept having to buy things. And it was because Jared kept giving them away. So, you know, that's the kind of, that's the way I wanted him to be, uh, that kind of person. Um, and people, later I got to hear about people getting saved. Um, even people that had been at the funeral, things that had been said. Um, and that was such a strength to me. Um, things I learned through them, souls being saved. Uh, it was just amazing. It's just amazing the stories you get. And you learn more about, you thought you knew your child, but how much more you learned about them. So, um, I'll close in telling you this. Um, yes, I still cry, as you can tell. Um, the days are better, much better. Um, everybody's grief is a different timing for each and every one of us. Don't expect too much out of yourself in the beginning. I always tell, and I've, I've went to many a person and talked to them, and I am the best crier ever, so I'll always tell them, listen, whatever you say, if you just want to sit here and cry, I'll cry with you. But God gives me strength through those tears. Um, but just remember that God does love us. Um, even if you've lost a, a child, a newborn, if you've lost an 18-year-old like I did, and you had more time with them, it's still a hard journey. But I know that God can bring you through. And I hold on to two things. One is I always say there's joy in the morning, and God has told us that. And He has made us a promise. And I always hold on to the promise that God has given me that we too will see and be with Him again. So until we meet in heaven, I love you, Jared. Jennifer, I was blessed by your story, and I know so many others will be too. So thank you for taking the time to share it with us. And happy birthday, Jared. And thank you, listeners, for taking the time to be kind and listen. Mm-hmm.